I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. And I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And this is our listener feedback show for God Emperor of Dune. Oh, yes. God Emperor of Dune. Now, of course, we'll be talking about things, all things Dune, so... Uh, but uh, there'll probably be a heavy spin on God Emperor, I'm yep. expecting. Mm-hmm. Yep. And welcome to the chat room that has stuck with us through the uh, one show we were discussing God Emperor and are still with us. And you too, if you're listening and want to join the live chat, we do it once a month, dunesagapodcast.com backslash live. And you can join in. And we have a calendar that's right on the side of the page when you go to the dunesagapodcast.com site that lists when we're going to be on. That sometimes does change depending on schedules. Yeah. Mostly mine, typically, <laughs> is what changes it. Uh, but we try to give you enough notice, and it's on the uh, Facebook and the Twitter, and there's plenty of advance warning. Yeah. So if you want to join us, you can. Yep. Unfortunately, we are East Coast, so if you are, like, in the UK, yeah. either stay up really late or get up <laughs> really early if you're in Australia or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, of course, if you want to take part in the discussion prior and send in your stuff, you can do so by emailing us at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our number. Yeah, one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight will get you there. But you can send the MP three as well just yeah. to the email address. Twitter, Facebook. We'll we'll get your comments anywhere you anywhere you give them. Yeah, yeah. So so, so without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and jump right in. I think Jim has the first one here. Yep. So let's go in. Yeah. Jim. It says a rather hurried review of God Emperor of Dune. I tried reading Dune years ago, and got a few pages in before a busy lifestyle prevented me from returning to it again. Then one night I saw the Dune TV miniseries, and I was immediately drawn uh, into the strange and wonderful universe of Dune. I loved it, but I had many questions, so I embarked on my mission to read Dune. A bit of research... And albeit of luck, looking at uh, looking in a second-hand bookshop, second-hand bookshop, and I had old but serviceable copies of Dune, Dune Messiah, Children of Dune, and God Emperor, uh, all for five pounds, which would be about eight dollars our money. Okay, I loved Dune. It was a fantastic bit of sci-fi with hints of the epic. I also love the next two books in the series, but God Emperor of Dune, hereafter referred to as G.E.O.D., 
is where I was truly converted to a Frank Herbert fanatic. I just got a smartphone and an audiobook version of GEOD, which I listen to everywhere. The bath, on the toilet, while eating, while <laughs> drinking, when walking to work, and finally while falling asleep. Uh, the great voice of Simon Vance helped smooth me, uh, helped soothe me to sleep many, many nights. The audiobook, audiobook stretches to a mighty 16 hours. I love the sheer artistry of the text. It is dense, poetic prose. I love the format, short chapters written as if they were from Leto's journal. Here you get to hear uh, the God Emperor's true motives, the most basic premise, that Leto appears to be a baddie, but in reality is doing everything for mankind's long-term good is a fantastic device and keeps the book compelling the whole way through. I love the whole scale of it. Paul Atreides' story was cool but familiar, uh, but Leto II, living for thousands of years, slowly turning into a worm, is a truly brilliant synthesis of the original novel's elements. Shai Hulud incarnate guiding humanity while the same at the same time breeding it to be immune on a genetic level from the prescient. It is a tragedy that every one of his time feared him, and yet we as the reader uh, get to witness his reprieve in the eyes of historians. Also, early on, there is a quote about flint rattling in a bottle as a description of feeling of ancestral memories that is absolutely divine. This book also sets us up for the events in the finale, such as the Golden Path and uh, Kralizek that Herbert died before he could write, and while Sandworms and Hunters of Dune are a brave effort, they just can't match up to the likes of this book. And it is hard not to feel slightly shortchanged by the completely different class of writing between father and son. My score, 5 out of 5, and that was from Chris Whitlock. Yeah, thank you, Chris, for uh, writing and sending in that great review. And uh, good to hear. I mean, this is not uncommon to hear the Dune miniseries is what pulled people in. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, like you, David, find that this book is like his favorite book of the series. Yeah, which yeah. I which I love hearing because yeah, uh, I like when people think the same way. Right, right. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, way to go uh, in getting your copies now and and rediscovering your your love for Dune. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Right, you know he, uh, and he's not a fan of the uh, the Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert series, but you know we obviously are a little bit more tolerant to that. I think. Right, right, right. Uh, Rick says in the chat room that he loved uh, God Emperor of Doom when he read it in his early teens. When I tried to reread about five years ago, the lengthy diatribes and, and sociology uh, monologues eventually pushed me away. So he was kind of turned away by the philosophy. And, you know, I, I don't know if you heard, Rick, when we were talking about it, this is one of the things that almost, whoa, that almost turned me away from, not turned me away from reading it, but just made me almost not like the book as much because I was expecting a little bit more action and less discussion. Yeah. But I ended up liking it. I did end up, I, you heard me, I rated it a 4.5. Yeah. I liked it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Roland writes in, he says, hi, David, Scott, and Jim. I found this book's, Beginning and ending fascinating, but I found the middle of it to be a bit 
monotonous at time. At monotonous. At times, it felt like reading a textbook. That being said, I really enjoyed seeing the Dune universe thousands of years later. I was quite ready for the influx of new characters. We spent a lot of time with the crop with a crop of characters we've had. It was nice to see some fresh faces. But overall, I wish there was more action and less dialogue. I give the book a four out of five. There was one quote that stuck that struck out to me. If patterns teach me anything, it's that patterns repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, a good quote. You know, um, this is not someone else mentioned this is like reading a textbook. Was that it's you? Me, yeah. That was, yeah, you were Well, because that's what that's what Brian Herbert says in the Yeah in the uh forward. So he 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 kind of even hints that that feels that way. And I too like the new character, although after living with the old character so long, I was like, how dare these new characters intrude on the <laughs> Dune, uni- Dune universe? Yeah. Shame on you. What do they know about loot play? Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> Bring Jim back. Yeah. No, the, um, it, it, I love the old characters. And so bring new characters in. I liked it. However, one small complaint, not enough development on the new characters, except yeah. for the girl, maybe. We, and, well, we, Sienna. We, Siona, and um, his right-hand man. Manio. Yeah, they're really, that's really it. Yeah. You don't get much more in development of the new characters. We get Duncan, but Duncan's kind of a rehash. He's a new character because we get to know him more in this one, but mm-hmm. he's a rehash of the Duncan that we've known, and we compare him to all the other Duncans we've known. Right. So. I don't know. I think that maybe, and this is something we didn't talk about in the in before, but I feel like maybe... Herbert thought that Duncan would be our view into like how we would be experiencing this world. Mm. But to me, I guess maybe because we've been reading the prequels so much, like I was just so comfortable with the switch. Right. That it didn't really phase me. And I was just kind of like, come on, yeah. Duncan, like we get it. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, Jim, Jim, your thoughts. Um, I, if I recall, I think it might've been Rick who sent me a, a message about, before I read this, enjoy reading the sociology textbook. So I think <laughs> I think Rick might have said that at one point too. Um, I I didn't find it uh, as difficult to read as Children of Dune was. So I had an easier time with it. Uh, as far as introducing new characters are concerned, that didn't bother me in the least. Uh, the character development. I really don't know how much of it was needed uh, outside of the, the what, four or five main characters we had. So, yeah, I, I don't have many complaints on, as far as that's concerned. Hmm. Well, Ming Lord said here in the chat room, this is, this is an interesting idea. He said, I think the lack of action is deliberate to show the stagnation that Leto is, de- is deliberately inducing so humanity can appreciate being free again. And that is true. I bet yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I get that. I see that. Yeah. I can agree so with that. So it's an intentional, yeah. Yeah. It's like, who wants to be slave to a textbook? Right. 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 I, I do like that. That is good. Good. All right. Uh, Arbalus uh, wrote it. It said, hi, guys. Love the show. Wanted to drop a line with my thoughts on the Children of Dune miniseries. I love Asterix Asterix. The first Dune miniseries, I think it was fantastically done, very well cast, and stays faithful to the books, with only minor costume issues that I could nitpick, such as the look of the still suits. That's one point that Lynch got right. 
It was obvious it had a small budget with things such as obvious set paintings on the sound stages portraying that fact. But even in the face of that, it's fantastic. The Children of Dune miniseries appears to have only had about half the budget of the earlier miniseries and only about half the production effort behind it. The first third of the miniseries that covers the events and only about half... Uh, uh, covers the events of Doom Messiah, was mostly spot on thematically. It held well to the book. Though, since Doom Messiah is fairly short and straightforward a book, it wasn't terribly difficult. I do wish he had spent more time explaining how the Dune Tarot was obscuring Paul's visions. But the point when they get into the event of Children of Dune is when the whole thing goes off the rails. Overarching the entire miniseries is the obvious lack of budget, compared to the first miniseries. Um, and it seemed like no one involved actually wanted to be there. The Fremen eyes were done terribly. They're not supposed to have any whites in them and looked like they were just wearing bright blue contacts. The acting was stiff and felt phoned in and it felt like a parody of itself. How many times can we have Stilgar talk about t- taking someone's water? We get it. He's Fremen. Some of the cast changes were also problematic, in my opinion. I think Alice Craig is a great actress, but she's not Jessica. Stephen Burkhoff, Stephen Burkhoff is also a great actor, but a terrible Stilgar. There were some interesting recurring actors in the first miniseries placed in different roles. The role of Corvo is played by the same actor that played Leah Kynes in Dune. You can also briefly see the actor who played Peter Dereze in Dune as a Fremen naive toward the end of the miniseries. Gaden Alfali, uh, the, the Fadaikin who rescues Jessica from Aliyah during the supplication ceremony, was played by the same actor who played Esmar Tuik in Dune. However, James McAvoy is Leto to me, and that's how I picture Leto when reading the rest of the series. My biggest complaint is that the plot points that covered the children of Dune were little more than Cliff Notes' version of the book. They didn't go into any depth whatsoever about what was happening to Leto and what he planned to do. We see him stick his hand in the sand trout pen, but never explain what it is he's doing or why. They don't explain how he intended to transform himself, how this would greatly extend his life, and they barely even scratch the surface as to why this was necessary. The most important part of the book is the path that Leto is setting himself down, and they don't explain it in any way whatsoever. Overall, if you had not read Children of Doom before seeing it, this miniseries would leave you completely lost. I really want to like it, and there were some parts I do like. I love the books Dune Messiah and Children of Dune, and wish the miniseries could have been a better representation of the story. A regretful two out of five. Keep up the amazing show. All right, so let's um, let's talk about it. Man, I feel like... We can. Compl- I think that we completely disagree with a lot of what he's saying. Yeah. I do at least. I feel like he made a lot of notes that we made the opposite notations of. When we but let me, let me let me say this about him. I agree that if you go into this not having read Children of Dune, there's going to be a level of confusion there. This book, the, the miniseries, in a very real way, is a love letter to Dune fans. Mm. They will be expecting that. You know the golden path, that you understand that when Leto reaches into the sand trout, what's going on? Because they expect you know it. Um, if you don't know that, you pick it up later on, but it's not overtly explained. Right. 
So right. Well, I don't think it's like overtly explained in the book either. But I mean, more, but not. I don't know. Yeah. I I just I think that to, I, I've watched it with so many people who've never read the books that I don't think that you cannot that you can't watch it and not enjoy it for what it is. You're not gonna you're not getting everything out of it, but you can still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Jim, what are your thoughts on what he's had to say? Okay. Um, the first miniseries had a small budget. Obviously, uh, you know, it looked like uh, when they were trying to escape the worm that they had just brought in a dump truck full of sand and dumped it in the middle of the floor. And <laughs> and and the matte paintings weren't great and the same birds flew by all the time and things like that. But, you know, something um, even though all of that was, was, was like that, it also gave the the first miniseries of feeling like being in a live theater watching the deal. So it, it didn't mm. bother me that much at all. So uh, that didn't bother me too much. Uh, Alice Kreej is a great actress, and as far as I'm concerned, she did an awesome job as Jessica, maybe a little aged Jessica. You know, she wasn't near... As uh, of course, near as sexy as as the lady in the nineteen eighty four film or anything like that. And then Stephen Burkoff was was awesome as Stilgar, as far as I was concerned. So those are two points. And then um, Children of Dune. If if you have not read Children of Dune before seeing this, the miniseries would have le- would leave you completely lost. I'm sorry, I. I just never could immerse myself in Children of Dune. But this movie just absolutely made everything clear. Right. So I, I I guess that's how I would respond to this. Yeah. He mentions um, that this had a smaller budget. I remember we looked it up. I think the budgets were the, the same. The budgets were the they same. They were the same. And yeah. plus, this had a lot much more, a lot more CG, and much more CG. Now, uh, I felt that, but I don't know. Now, probably where they blew the budget on the first miniseries were all those ridiculous, weird costumes, like yeah. l- like uh, what's his name with the big triangle hanging off of his back, and I mean, yeah, yeah, some of that stuff was yeah. just why, you know, but yeah. And and I also, yeah. David, I also felt like he was mistaken uh, one for another. Uh, it sounded like it was yeah. reversed what he was talking about a few times. Yeah, I, th- I, I kind of thought that maybe as well. I do agree with his comment about James McAvoy being late. Oh, yeah, he is. He is absolutely, yeah. I don't picture him any other way. Even when I was reading God Emperor, I'm picturing James McAvoy's face embedded into the worm. Yeah, and yeah. I remember when I saw this before he... Had really done anything. Yeah. And yeah. I remember that, that time I was like, this guy, he's going to be a good actor. I don't know who he is. <laughs> and then later on, he went to do, what was that, uh, a bunch of other stuff. But anyway. Well, but, um, X-Men and so on. Yeah. Just to respond to something in the chat room, uh, to what Bridge of Hearthgear was saying, uh, according to Brian Herbert in the foreword, God Emperor was planned as a middle book between two trilogies that were never, were never completed. And he says he's, uh, it's the first book to the second trilogy, but it's actually 
was written intended as a middle book, a standalone to bridge the two together. Yeah. We have multiple books so. after this, right? Well, we have two more by Frank Herbert. And then the and duo then, that was split the last book. Yeah. yeah. So we have yeah. Four, more, four, more, four more books to end chronologically and then we go back. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. so. Are you ready to do the next comment, David? I most definitely am, as I put my coffee down. <laughs> yeah. my uh, coffee, the spice. I know, America. the spice. Hi, guys. Enjoyed listening to you talk about the Children of Dune miniseries. I definitely agree with your positive reviews and your reasons for them. One thing I wanted to emphasize is that I'm still impressed with how accessible it is. I actually watched both the Dune and Children of Dune miniseries with my wife, who isn't a sci-fi fan. I rarely had to stop and explain things to her, but she generally got it and liked it. There is one change in the books that I don't like. In the books, Corbo betrays Paul because he wanted to make a mar- wanted to make Paul a martyr in the hopes that the power of the re- religious caste would increase. In the miniseries, the, the miniseries makes Corba an embittered veteran. Let me say that the miniseries makes Corba an embittered veteran who loses faith in the jihad. That's something audiences are much more likely to understand intuitively, but it's also more generic. Maybe the game, maybe the change was necessarily, maybe the change was a necessary change to make the miniseries more accessible to modern viewers. But personally, I always love the idea of the priest trying to kill the, its messiah figure to increase the power of the bureaucracy. It tied well into Frank Herbert's theme about power and corruption. Power attracts the corruptible, as well as the dangers of combining religious and political power. Looking forward to your thoughts on God Emperor. Thanks, Dom. Yeah. Thanks, Dom, for writing in. Um, I do like the comment on Korba. I I, I kind of uh, agree with him in that. And his review is a little bit different than it's kind of a stark contrast to the last review we read. Yeah, I'll say. He said this makes it more accessible. It's it's accessible to a non-sci-fi fan like his wife. And so he kind of uh, liked it from that end. (laughs) Yeah. Um, now you have me down to read the next one. Do I have you that? Well, it's because I just I just like you, David. So go ahead. You should read okay. that one. Okay, I'll read this one. Too. So this is this is from Dallas. This, Dallas, Dallas. Dallas Smoker. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but before we get to that, uh, Bridge of Rescue said I felt like the 2000 miniseries was trying to go for a Renaissance feel. Hmm. The, the 2000s, so the first one. So yeah, the first one. So I would. Okay. I don't know when I picture Renaissance, but go ahead. Jim, I would agree with that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Was it the loot that really like threw you uh, okay. into the Renaissance? No, beyond that, beyond that, <laughs> the the costumes definitely were were that flavor. Yeah. Especially the Sardaukar. Mm-hmm. What I loved is when they were jousting down the street. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The horses and the horses. The balconies that the women stood And on. the jesters, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Juggle. All right, Dave, go ahead. Read this email from the juggling uh, Dallas. Go. Yeah, yeah. The, the jester that was always present. Yeah. Uh, Dallas writes in, greeting, fellas. I've fallen behind somewhat the past couple of months, but have finally gotten mostly on track. I skipped Winds of Dune. I wanted to catch up, but may go back and read it now since it will bother me if I have read everything but one book. I'm sure you guys can relate. <laughs> I just finished God Emperor, and I'm very excited to continue reading the series. This is the last book in the Frank Herbert series that I have read before, so from here on out, the books will be brand new, which definitely adds a certain thrill. 
Now, regarding God Emperor, I found myself getting a little bored with some of the dialogue. There, seem, there seemed to be a continuous strand throughout the novel that re- relied on Leto knowing the path before him and all the other characters scrambling to figure things out while he bas- basically scoffs at their ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I, li- I, I, I do like that comment. That's pretty Pretty, pretty good accurate. On. Pretty good it makes it sound like a game uh, of Clue. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, this constant back and forth got a little old for me. This was especially prevalent during the exchanges between I- Idaho and Leto. Leto follows a, a mental form of reasoning with Idaho. I'm sorry. Leto follows a mental form of reasoning while Idaho follows a more emotional path of decision discussion and watching Idaho's reaction grew tiresome. Thank you. That me too. <laughs> However, overall I felt the book did provide a good perspective of certain character situations. We see Leto struggling with the overwhelming loneliness of his state, especially since he views time in such a broader sense than any other character. Decades pass like days for him at times, and ideas of the perspective, ideas of that perspective is impossible to truly comprehend. We also see Duncan struggling with the notion that he doesn't really have any control in his position. He is far, he was hardly a formidable fighter anymore since Leto's breeding programs have made many individuals far more advanced than Duncan will ever be. He also feels like he is being forced into certain roles, for instance, as a stag for Leto's breeding programs. And you see him doing all that he can to maintain some sense of self-importance, while everyone else works to lift him into their own molds. Works to fit him into their own molds. I think above all, this book really... I think above all, this book is really about the relationship between Leto and Duncan, and it does a good job of showing how complex that relationship is, especially since Leto constantly has to do away with the current Duncan because he will, nev- he will inevitably get to a point where he can no longer serve Leto. I get, I get the sense that in Leto's loneliness, he found some comfort in having a Duncan around because it provided him with a single person that contained the conflicting state of both a loyalty to Leto's bloodline and an opposition to his godhead. It was a person he could relate to, as he t- too hated and loved the position he was in. He hated the sacrificial nature of his choice, but he loved the path that he had set before humanity. It is a choice that I think he would make again if he could go back and change things. Overall, I liked the book despite some of the tiresome dialogue and some of the gruesome images. I can't forget the scene where Leto is splashing around in the blood of his enemies, and I can't wait to see where the series goes from this story. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for writing that. Good review. I love that. that, We didn't really talk about any specific scenes, but that was a scene of him splashing Splashing around around in the blood. blood. (laughs) And how it was hurting him at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite line though is all the other characters scrambling to figure out, you know, things always basically scoffs at their ears. This is a great line, Dallas. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so a- any thoughts about what he's saying, guys? I mean, other than what he wrote? Oh, man. I, I kind of t- chimed in where I thought. He was yeah. Stuff. yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's good. I mean, he, he definitely hits on some core points here. Um, and he gives a reason for Lunk for Lunkin for Duncan to be there. <laughs> I can't speak here for Lunkin. Duncan's younger brother, Lunkin. So, how many incarnations has there been? Well, I guess it's what been. Uh, well, you figure he lives fifty years ish. No, it depends how depends how fast Leto yeah, kills him. Yeah, depends on how fast he kills him. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but anyway, yeah. 
Uh, Jim, go ahead. Why don't you read the next one here? All right. It says, Dear Scott, David, and Jim, I hope this letter finds you well. I just discovered your podcast and have found it very helpful. I'm planning to write an academic article about politics in Dune later this year, and am using the podcast to refresh my memory of the Dune novels. My day job is as a political scientist at the University of Michigan. Uh, go Wolverines. I've written articles <laughs> about politics in Lord of the Rings and Star Wars before, but think Dune poses some unique questions about leadership and government. When you've run out of Dune novels, let me know if you ever want to talk about Dune and politics on the show. I'd be happy to provide you with some materials, or even join you for a discussion. In the meantime, thanks for the podcast. P.S. I don't know if you're aware, but I found a fan edit of Lynch's Dune online. Uh, there is a URL here. Uh, post it in the notes, guys. And I, too, disliked the Lynch version when I first saw it, but this fan edit does a lot to uh, reinsert deleted scenes and flesh the story out. It's worth a look. Sincerely, Dom Nardi, and thanks, Dom. Yeah. Um, so what? that would be an interesting discussion to have. Yeah. Dude in well, politics. We I might take you might, up on we it. We might take, take you up on that. Yeah. That would be fun. So as we near the end of the series, contact us again if you're still interested. We'd love yeah. to have you back on the the cast to talk about it. If we could get him and and Brian, that would be awesome. That would be get those two yeah, to talk yeah. about this conversation. I bet we wouldn't have to say much. That's for sure. No, no, no. It'd be a hands off <laughs> podcast. We should do that. I wonder if any. It doesn't have to be at the end. If we could get Brian on before that, yeah, love to get a discussion with him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll email them, see what's uh, or Twitter or something like that. By the way, the link I pasted in the chat room and it came up with a big oops. Uh, here, here it is. It's vimeo.com backslash five four six four four three three eight. In case we do forget to put it into the uh, chat. Yeah. But thanks, Dom. Is it Nardi for that? So appreciate that. So this is from Ink Switch. So Ink Switch wrote in, and he is not a fan of our. Uh, Love of Brian Herbert and Kevin Janderson books. So this is from Ink Switch. Just turned into your podcast, tuned into it. Are you really including the abortion that is claiming to be doomed by Herbert's worthless son? You've lost all credibility. Cash grab and the worst books ever written. My God. Brain canisters, omnius, telekinesis. Those two should be skinned for whoring Frank's genius. I guess you don't understand that work either. Wow, it's a crime for those two to be on the same shelf as Frank. People will confuse the art with complete beep. Amazing. <laughs> so not a fan, obviously. Yeah. Um, we uh, obviously are much more tolerant of that. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. these There's no doubt that Brian Herbert and Anderson are good stories. Mm -hmm. No, they, there's they. They certainly don't read like God Emperor of Dune. Yeah, <laughs> you aren't going to confuse the two writing styles, but they are. I enjoyed them. They're good stories. Yeah, I am right there with you. I, I, you know, I get that they're they're really different. And the first, I expected to hate them the first time I read them too, and they grew on me really quickly. Uh, they, you're right. They're not the same. It's hard to compare them. To a degree, it's almost like, why bother? Just enjoy what you have 
that's more of what you enjoy, more of this universe. Uh, Jim, comments, thoughts? Um, this is a family show, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Uh, right, right. If you don't like it, don't read it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and and exactly. don't tell us how we should run our podcast. Number one and number two, <laughs> you know, uh, you may not like something that we like. Uh, we're not going to ridicule you yeah. because you don't like something that we do. All right. Yeah. So that that's kind of where I'm at. I like what Rick said. The dude needs to try decaf. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, um, I I do want to comment on one thing. So cash grab, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe, but but here's the other thing. I mean, you could argue that Frank Herbert, having written Dune and seen the success of Dune, wrote the subsequent books also as a crash gra- cash grab. If you want yeah. to argue that, I yeah. mean. If you're going to push it out. I mean, Robert Jordan, Wheel of Time series, he wrote the first four or five books and suddenly saw the popularity. And he wrote, I don't know, another uh, 13 books in the series. Well, he did that because they brought in a steady income revenue. People were going to read them. The fan base was there. Why are they making a Star Wars 7, 8, and 9? Because it's a cash grab. Do we want more Star Wars? Absolutely. Will it be like the original trilogy? Probably not. But, yeah, I don't know. I have I have a hard time saying it's. I mean, other than the obvious that thing right there, saying that it's a cash grab because when, especially when we talk to Brian, like you, you can tell that there's too much. There's there's a, there's a sense of like importance, and I I don't don't know if I want to say love of the series that went into their work. The fact that they they wanted to finish it, and they could have done that for the cash grab. And they realized that they weren't ready. So they wrote the, the first three books. And then they said, we're still not ready. So they wrote the other three books. So they've invested so much just to finish the series. I mean, it's not like they finished it and then went back and wrote all these things. I mean, now they're writing. I mean, you could, I mean, if anything, you could say the books they're writing now are the cash grab books, you know, but like the, the other six books were needed for the, to, to, to evolve into the, the last two books. I don't know. Yeah, you know, here's the other thing about it. If we want more of the world of Dune, this is really the only way we're going to get it. I mean, Frank Herbert's passed on. Unless someone channels him, that's it. This is yeah. it. And are we going to get more Star Wars? So there's a whole Star Wars expanded universe. Was it a cash grab? Absolutely. But we got to explore and play in the world of Star Wars, Star Trek, you name it, because of yeah. these books. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, we wouldn't have Jar Jar Binks. Well, this guy is like pretend to be Jar. This guy's line. Okay, you lost all credibility. With him, how many listeners do we have? (laughs) How many downloads do we have? Okay, seriously. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So we must have credibility somewhere. Yeah, at least some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rick, Rick, also, Rick, Rick also said, I got a message, authors expecting to get paid for their work? Appalling. I know. Seriously, I cash know. grab? Hey, just call Harlan Ellison. He'll explain it to you loud and dirty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, get Harlan Ellison in the work. I, this is the first time we've ever like really gotten mad at someone's <laughs> negative response. <laughs> well, <laughs> <rap>. No, no. <laughs> it's tame. No, there was that gentleman from Germany. Uh... Oh, that's right. Yeah, a couple we did, of months we did. ago, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on. All right, yeah. moving on. David, this is yours. Sure. Paul writes, I would very much appreciate to hear about what you all think of Jupiter ascending during the next podcast. I am yet to see it, but I think, but I have been told by others, by other official Dune fans that it has taken a lot from Frank Herbert's ideas. I'll, I'll, I'll take this one first. Uh, go, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Don't see it. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah. Okay. Um, however, Scott, go to Jim's Sci-Fi blog if you want to find out more. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, however, Scott asked me right after I saw it, uh, did I notice the tie-ins between uh, Dune and Jupiter Ascending? And let me tell you, they are there. Uh, bald-faced, n- no doubt about it. Um, uh, the as a matter of fact, the scenery in in a lot of the scenes. Of of the of the one place that they have is a better Giddy Prime than any other Giddy Prime I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you uh, that. I saw it. I saw it as well. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the main. No, no, go yeah. ahead. Keep, keep anyway, going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The main bad yeah. guy. <laughs> the main bad guy looked like uh look basically like like a skinny. Uh, he was like a skinny Baron Harkonnen. Complete with a Peter DeVry's uh, sidekick, you know. Yeah, the ships were the same so kind of design. The, the 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 cinematography was was very familiar. Uh, that's maybe the one thing that I kind of liked about the movie, and I say kind of. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, oh yeah. But I'll tell you what, uh, save your money, man. <laughs> yeah. I I cannot tell you the last time I saw a movie that was so I guess the word is bad. It's just so not good. Because I didn't it wasn't like I was sitting there hating every moment of it or like getting angry like I do with some movies that I feel like insulted by. With this movie, it's been a long time since I've been to the theater and I thought about leaving. Not like because I was angry, just like I have other things I could be doing. I right was now. I like was I, bored to death. I, 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 yeah, I was just like, yeah, I could go do. I, and I was like, I was with two of my friends. I was like, like, would they mind if I left? Like, I could go to the bookstore or something yeah. <laughs> until it's over. Jeez. The first, uh, uh, just about twenty minutes into the film, I was thinking, you know, I don't know why I'm here. And at the yeah. same time, Chrissy was I, with me. And then there were three people on the other side of her that at the same time I was thinking that got up and walked out and never came back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. You know, I, I, I gotta say, I gotta agree. The spaceships were, were beautiful. Like the space travel. Yeah. I, I, one, the one thing I said when the, I was, my friends and I were talking, they walked in like, what did you think? Cause they didn't like it either. And they were like, well, what did you think? And I was just like, I feel bad for the guy that wasted his creativity and it got used in this. Like he could have been used for something so much better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and his vision was thrown in this horrible, horrible film. It just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Well, don't worry. Uh, Channing Tatum takes his shirt off because of an injury. And then for whatever reason, even though he's in a house where people live and there's more clothing, doesn't put another shirt on for like half an hour. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that the movie? That's pretty, basically pretty much that's the premise. Pretty, pretty much the premise of the movie right there. <laughs> yeah. Excuse for Channing Tatum to take his shirt off. That's right. So well, anyway, some people might go just for that purpose. Well, that's you. All right. Well, <laughs> no, it's not me, Jim. Can you take this next one? I reordered the. Sure will. This uh, this looks like it's from Jacob Thompson, who says, uh, "Been talking with one of the members of your trio on another Dune group. Uh, I'd like to keep." Uh, and my eye out for you guys, maybe in your about section. I'm not getting this. Okay. You could talk about the members of your podcast. I think the about section on our webpage, do you not have stuff about us? No, we do. I, I When I read this, I think he means oh, I um, see. our Facebook page. Oh, our Facebook page. Okay. So that's something to take a look at. I can... Wait, you just copy and paste them over. Yeah, I can. I can just. Yeah, they want to. They want to know more about us. Okay, you could talk about the members of the podcast more. Okay, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. All you need to know is that Jim plays loot. The rest of us are just what. That's it. That's it. He won't stop talking. That's a myth. (laughs) Incessantly. It's a myth. It's a myth. (laughs) (laughs) But no, if you if you do want to know more about us, I mean, there is the about section of uh, of the website. Scott and Jim both have other podcasts that you can listen to. Uh, yeah. Scott does the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Jim does the Babylon 5 project. Um, this is my primary primary project right now, but uh, for five years I ran a show called The Langcast. Which That's still available. It's, still, it's available. still up and available. You can yeah. check that. It's a human interest show. And so. then we're working, yeah. we're working at discussing. Go and ahead. I have a whole page on my blog where I put in about me, so... Right. Yeah, you can check out and and about Jupiter ascending, mind you. Yeah, there, oh, well, yeah. it's a special like sticky. He never lets it go away. Right, right. That's just like the top post. Jupiter ascending. Don't go see it. Yeah, not anymore. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I put a new one up last night. So <laughs> there, there, there we go. There we go. All right. Uh, well, Cam wrote in and said, "Hey guys, late starter, but I've just listened to your first few podcasts and love them. Big fan of the Dune universe from Australia. Cheers, Camo." So uh, glad you're listening from down under in the Australia. So we're glad to have you on board. Yeah, I wish that I could like speak to you. So I could be, like, hey, Camo. <laughs> He's got a cool nickname. He does. He yeah. does. He does. Sorry. Yeah. My <laughs> dreams are my own. Okay, yeah, right. You don't keep, judge me for yeah, them. You keep your dreams. <laughs> yeah, but by the way, uh, you might have a new student there in the chat room. Bridger Rethgear said he wants to play the lute. He's been looking. So talk to, talk to Jim if you're interested. <laughs> well, as, as um, I keep saying, you know, that $1,000 level on Patreon will do it. Yeah. <laughs> that will do it, indeed. Yeah. All right. Um, and last one. This was kind of a conversation that happened. You can uh, kind of sum it up on Facebook. So some uh. Mike. I didn't realize listening to your podcast, I forget what episode it was in the sci-fi Children of Dune that encompassed Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. I thought it was really awesome. Um, I was going to get back to reading and wish you guys the best of luck in your podcast in the top reading the Dune saga. I need to go back and watch all your episodes, read them, I guess. I really have a daunting task in front of me. If you're going to listen to all the episodes we've done, you do have a slightly daunting task. Um, but I will not fear. Fear is a mind killer. I will face my fear and let it pass through me. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well thanks for listening Mike. yes and that's yeah. a good probably a good place to end the listener feedback yeah no uh no um are there bad reviews no bad reviews you, you want to do you want to check there any, some real quick are there any bad reviews for god emperor i mean it was so i'm perfect, sure so perfect of a book i know well i mean i mean you can't you can't you know 
So that one guy would never have said anything bad about it. Yeah, right, right. Ink, ink, whatever his name ink. is. Yeah, ink face. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what his ink name butt, is. Um, ink butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, family show. You know, there are some two star. Let me, let me, let me sort. Um, by ratings, uh, there are some people that gave it like two. It's only to. It only got eight percent, or I guess ten percent, or fewer ten percent. Gave it two or one stars. Okay. So most people, most people gave it higher. Okay. Um, um, but one of the persons that did give it a two star. Um, well, should I, I'll, I'll, should I read it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Go ahead. This is uh, this is by Marcus, and he starts out with a quote: "I am a collection of the obsolete, a relic of the damned." Of the lost and strayed, I am the waylaid pieces of history which sank out of sight in all our paths. Such an accumulation of riffraff has never been imagined. More than 3,000 years have passed since the events described in the Great Dune Trilogy, and everything has changed. Arrakis is now a planet of running water and green growth, and the days of still suits and Chris knives are gone. The sandworms and Fremen remain only as legends from the ancient days of Dune. Only one part remains from the old days, later the second god emperor. God Emperor Dune is logically a book centered around Leto. However, that is precisely its greatest problem. The so-called God Emperor, who so valiantly sacrifices human existence for that of an emperor doomed to serve his people by living through the ages and preserving the universe, has turned into a tyrant. And everyone sees him as such, except for himself, and his fanatically loyal fish speaker cult. It seems as though the book is an attempt to justify the government of Leto, and that is a task in which it fails miserably. Because of that, one should think that there would be other people to sympathize with. People living under the oppression of Leto's rule, joining together in rebellion against the monstrous tyrant. Well, there really aren't any. The rebels on Arrakis are led by Siona, the last of the Atreides line descending from Ganima. Ganima, Leto's sister, but in reality, Leto is allowing the rebellion to happen while secretly grooming Siona to become another of his instruments. Siona knows this and knows that the God Emperor doesn't want her dead. That, of course, makes one wonder what the point is about the whole thing. Next to Leto and Siona, the rest of the characters are few and uninteresting. There are a couple of them in particular that were a bit interesting in the beginning, but my interest in them quickly evaporated into thin air. And when you don't have any characters that are fun to read about, the book is terribly boring after a while. This is a book as... The book, this book is actually not as bad as it sounds. The story was intriguing at times, not often, mind you, and great writing of Frank Herbert is still present, and the fourth book is just as much a lesson in power and politics as the first three books. But the point is that compared with Dune, Dune Messiah, and Children of Dune, three of the greatest books ever written, this one is a disaster. Ooh. So. It's just, it's so different. Yeah, it is so different. I mean, if you're comparing, I mean, it certainly is not like children die, but I would say that I, I like this book as much as I liked Dune. Am yeah. I gonna, if, am I gonna yeah, get hate? Hate? Am I gonna get hate in the chat room for that? <laughs> Maybe, but uh, you know, I, I I liked it as much as I liked Dune. I didn't like it as much as I liked Dune, but I did like it, and I can empathize with one uh, one point that that person said but it didn't last for the whole book where he was despotic and um, arrogant and not very likable at, at some point mm-hmm. until yeah. you, uh, I mean, until I, you understood what the purpose, what his purpose was. Right. Right. 
Uh, you know, I I don't know if I want to say I like it as much as Dune because I think I like it more, but it's nothing without Dune. So it's kind of hard to yeah. It's kind of hard to to say you love the top of the tower, but not what holds the tower up. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of five star reviews. There's some there's some good one stars that are like a gazillion. <laughs> lines long there is one one star that says please make it stop <laughs> that's, a, that's a jo- johnny ray please make it stop so that's his one star yeah um but there were some, i mean there's some people that i mean people are really fond of them I mean, if you look at the overall reviews on goodreads they're they're really they're really giving this uh rating details you know most people, a good seventy, a good eighty percent, are giving this a three or higher. Which, um, and, it, and actually, probably of those, a good fifty percent are four or higher. Yeah. So this this book is really ended up being favorable. Yeah. Uh, Rick in the chat room, who has been verbal about how much uh, he dislikes the book, he said, "You're entitled to your opinions, even when they're wrong." <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess he's got it down. Well, not not only that, you got to also say he he gives a wink to go along with that. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah, he does give a yes. wink. <laughs> he does give a wink. Right. Yeah, uh, and actually, this book rates in the in in the list and Goodreads as being 153rd out of 1,700 books in science fiction. Really? So that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty for out of a, for, over a thousand. For for out for out of a for over two thousand books, it's good. And um, yeah, um, but that's okay. It's also on the worst books of all time as being two hundred eightieth out of five thousand. Oh my god! So I guess I don't know where you where you put this. I feel like it's a split split loyalty. Wow, wow. <laughs> uh, but anyways, anywho. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we need to really read. About yeah, I think I think I think you're right. So. I think you're, don't forget about our, our poll currently going on this month about who your favorite actor. Be looking for character. that on the uh, DuneSagaPodcast.com yeah. website. Uh, favorite favorite actor and character combination from the Children of Dune yeah. miniseries. And we are aware that the listener feedback show for Children of Dune is not up yet. Well, but it will be, be. It'll be way. It'll be up by the time this airs. Yeah, by the time this airs, it'll be up. But <laughs> for the chat while. room, yeah, for the so, chat room, yeah. yeah. But Rick wasn't in on the initial rating when we did it, but he would have rated God Emperor at four point five. Yeah, he just. But, I, I just don't like it. He says, yeah, yeah. "It's okay. Not everything can be Paul of Dune, Rick. I know how much he loved Paul. Of yeah, Dune. yeah. Paul of Dune was his favorite. <laughs> Is it ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Roland and Jim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if if you're enjoying the show. And uh, you'd like to help can keep supporting us and what we're doing. We invite you to visit Patreon. Patreon is a, uh, a monthly subscription service where you can uh, help support us financially. And you can find us at patreon.com slash Dune Saga Podcast or visit dunesagapodcast.com and they'll follow the link that's right there on the side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so that we're very thankful for all of you that have been doing and continue to uh, support us in that way and we would love to you can get your thoughts even if you go to like i, I know not everyone uses itunes but if you use itunes just to drop us a little review and uh yeah what you're thinking of the podcast we don't often promote that but it's another way you can show the podcast a little bit of love and uh, yeah kind yeah. of uh give your thoughts and support of the podcast yeah we love love the itunes stuff we've been uh nicely ranked there continuously for Long, long time. Yeah, so, so very good. That's very good. good. Uh, if you want to get in touch and be a part of our listener feedback show, there are many ways to do that. You Absolutely. can contact us 
through the most popular way, which is our email at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can comment or send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast, Twitter at dunesagapodcast, or if you're so inclined, you can call our voicemail at one eight hundred Dune Saga Podcast. Yeah. Right. Everything's Dune Saga Podcast. No, it's one. It's not even one eight hundred one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. Will get you that number. We would love to get your voicemail. However, however, you can always send an MP three as well and yeah. just attach it to one to the email and send it to us that way. Yeah. So if you're you know out of the country and you'd like to. Uh, comment uh, vocally. You can just send us an email with a little recording from your iPhone or something. And one last way they can do it is the chat room. You can join us live when we record. And we, uh, if you listen to the show, you, of course, hear us bringing in the chat room comments as we go on. Mm-hmm. And we're incredibly grateful to the chat room we had. Probably one of our fullest chat rooms tonight. It was, it was yeah. some great discussion going on there. We appreciate you, the chat room, for hanging around. Some of you for almost two hours of conversation about Dune, and that. Yeah. <laughs> so that is that is your Dune fix for the night. Go home, get some sleep, and uh, where, you know, they're not at home. Where, they, not, they're I, not, I, where I, are they tuning? I don't, I don't they're know. at libraries. They're, they're at libraries. like Dune Dune like clubs. Right, right. Like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> Dune little bunkers, <laughs> searching for the spice hoard. Oh man. <laughs> uh, well that about wraps it up so for the Dune Saga podcast I'm David Moulton I'm Scott Herzog and I'm Jim Arrowwood and may Shai Hulud clear the path before you